Hello, Nathan Foster here, and welcome once again to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. My guest this week is Renovare's Executive Assistant, Justine Olowski. And if you call Renovare, she's the person who answers the phone. She's the person doing much of the work behind the scenes with Renovare. And in this podcast, we get to know her a little bit, hear about some of her passions uh, working with Renovare. She also talks about Latin and uh, G.K. Chesterton. So as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Justine, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you've been working for Renovare for how long now? Started in October of 2015. Okay. So that gives us, what, about uh, almost a year, coming up almost on a year. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and tell people just a little about what you do in, in your position. Okay. I kind of dabble in a little bit of uh, all kinds of neat things that I get to be a part of. I, uh, if you call Renovare, I will be the person who answers the phone. Okay. And I uh, deal a lot with working with Carolyn, who's our director of education on mm-hmm. the Renovare Institute and the book club. And I get to work with you, Nate, mm-hmm. on uh, doing some stuff with community life and projects you're developing there, as well as a lot of uh, just general communication with people and um, sort of being the voice and the email for Renovare, uh-huh. which is a great privilege. You've got your hands in so many little pots. It seems like you're behind so many things that happen. I'm definitely behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's one way to say it. I didn't yeah. mean it like that. You're, <laughs> you're wonderful. <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun. It keeps me busy and it keeps me on my toes. So, yeah. And you seem to really be enjoying your work. I do. I do. I somehow fell into uh, working with the best group of people and with the best sort of constituents uh, out there. So I don't know what I did to deserve this, but obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm getting some good blessings coming in. So, um, Tell me, what's been the most surprising thing for you in working f- with Renabari? I think the most surprising thing is just um, the people. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know that much about Renovare when I came on board. I was sort of drawn in through Carolyn, um, Mm -hmm. who who knew me um, in a different way. And she kind of said, hey, I got this new position, and there's an opportunity to do some work with them as well, and would you like to come on board? And I said, well, you know, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of came in blind, but it's just been amazing to meet everybody affiliated with this ministry is uh, Warm and open, and I, I like to say when I went to the first board meeting mm-hmm. last January, I walked into a room, and there's the board, and they're all sitting around the table, mm-hmm. and everybody stood up and turned and faced uh, me and Carolyn, and then I just felt like there was this giant wave of love that just kind of came <laughs> out from them all, like washed over me, and it was like, at that moment, I really felt like I was home, so it was a really neat thing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I, well, I was, I was there, and I, I, it was, it was very nice to see how embraced. I mean, yes. you, you were already loved yes. <laughs> very much at that moment. Definitely felt it. So, yeah. That's good. So, okay, people call Renovari office. Yes. You answer the phone. Yes. And what, what do people call about? We get a lot of calls, mostly about the Institute, I would say. I mm-hmm. would say that uh, that's the great majority of calls. We just kind of get people who've been online or maybe they've heard about it or they've read something or seen an ad or they know somebody who went through it or they know Gary Moon or they know Carolyn and they want to call and they just want a little more information. What people are looking for is kind of that personal touch to sort of grasp 
what exactly the Institute is and what they'll experience there. Because they can read about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they can look at all the frequently asked questions and all the things on the website. But I think that they really start to make the connection of what an experience it is, mm-hmm. what a community it is, mm-hmm. when they can actually connect with a person. And I can tell them, you know, I've been to the residencies. Mm-hmm. I've seen this in action and I've seen amazing things mm-hmm. that God is doing mm-hmm. through our students in the Institute. And so um, it's really neat to make those connections that way. Mm-hmm. There, uh, it's really something special, isn't it? The Institute. It is. It is. And that's a big blessing to me. And it, I mean, for, for me, when I look at it, I mean, obviously there's the teaching there, you know, two year experience and such, but uh, to me, it just seems like the relationships, the community yes. that's developed there. Yes. It's that balance between the academic side, you know, feeding your mind and and feeding your spirit in that way. And then that very other side of feeding your spirit through community and through praxis and the experiential Mm -hmm. exercises. And I think that's something unique that Renovare Institute gives is that balanced approach between Mm -hmm. the mind and the the body, but both working toward feeding the spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you get to meet people on the phone and then you get to see them in person at the... I do. I do. It's very exciting. Do you go to all the residencies? Yes, I do. And it's uh, really a neat thing to, I don't get to sit in on the teaching as much Uh because I'm kind of managing behind the scenes a lot of the time, but um, just hanging out with the students, even outside the classroom and all those precious moments of time when there's not much going on and you kind of get involved Mm -hmm. with conversation and it's really neat. It's very kingdom living. So is it, is it, become a a bit of a community for you. It has. Oh, yes. Yes. I feel really attached to all the students. (laughs) I feel feel quite, um, quite protective of them. (laughs) I adore them all. And and I was telling Carolyn, what was hard is we, for the first time, we kind of were having our own applications to look at for the Boston cohort, Uh which just started in August. And so this was the one that Carolyn and I um, kind of started from scratch together. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I love them all. I love all the applicants. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm that good at helping her sort of decide or make decisions, but I just love on them from a distance and pray for them. And so. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You do pray. Do you, do you pray for the people that, that call in and the Institute oh, yeah. people? Yeah. Oh, we're always praying for the Institute and for students who are thinking about coming and students who are um, applying and students who are in. Yeah. There's a lot of prayer. Mm. Yeah, that's that's great. But we'll wait till they graduate, and then you'll have a, a new level of grief to. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll be empty nester every year. <laughs> I'll be so sad. But you know what's exciting is we just launched the Renovare Alumni Hub mm-hmm. online, which is our new virtual community for all our grads. So mm-hmm. we're going to just encourage them to keep hanging out with us yeah. online and having reunions and. Hopefully, we can be a part of that going forward for them. I love it. I love it. Okay, so okay, if, if someone wants to learn more about the Institute and you know, such, they can call. Are there other reasons people can call? Oh, sure. I mean, they can call for any reason. I get all kinds of interesting calls. Um, sometimes people call because they have read Richard Foster or they've read Dallas Willard, and they just kind of need somebody with whom to speak about that. Like, I just read this book and it affected my life, but I don't know anybody else who's like mm-hmm. experiencing God in this way. And they just want to call and they just want to talk 
And mm. so that's kind of cool is to get those calls and kind of sit back and just enjoy what the, the Holy Spirit's doing through them and through the words of mm-hmm. uh, his servants and, and enjoying that aspect of it. So there's those kinds of calls. There's calls about the book club. Um, yeah, and just sort of general information calls. Oh, here's a funny call I get a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I answer the phone. And I always say, thank you for calling Renovare. This is Justine. How may I help you? Uh-huh. And so many times I get people going, so that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to know how to pronounce it. So <laughs> I get a kick out of that. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, Justine, tell, tell us a little bit about your background um, personally, professionally. Okay. Well, before coming on board at Renovare, I um, was home with my daughter for 12 years. Okay. And I have one daughter, and she's 13 now, mm-hmm. and I homeschooled her from grade three on. So okay. she's still technically homeschooled, but she does a lot with co-ops and online, so it's not quite as, quite as hands-on for me right now. Mm-hmm. And then before then, I mostly worked at bookstores, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Um, I worked as a community relations manager for Barnes and Noble and did a lot of event planning and things like that with authors and the Mariners. Oh, I'm up in Seattle area. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> people are like, well, the Mariners. Yeah. Not oh, the, the uh, baseball. Is that the yeah, baseball not team? the fishermen, but the actual baseball team. And so you would organize book signings and events like that. Signings, events like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble was kind of the key store in this little shopping center. Okay. Up here, and so we spearheaded a lot of these community initiatives. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're and you're a book person. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Yes. Do you, how how much do you read? It's like a year, a month. How many books do you think you read? Well, before I started working at Renovar, <laughs> I read quite a few. Um, I <laughs> we would took read that books. from you, huh? <laughs> I haven't been reading as much. Yeah, it's been kind of sad, but but. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I'll get back to it once I get my bearings. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I read about 60 books a year. Okay. Uh, not when I wasn't working, and now fewer. Nice. nice. Yeah. And you, do you speak Latin? I'm studying Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to learn it. And so when I started homeschooling my daughter, I tried to entice her into Latin by saying it was almost like a magical secret language. <laughs> Nobody speaks anymore, but if you know it, you can unlock the mysteries of you know, language altogether. And she bought it for the first couple years. <laughs> and then she started realizing, yeah, nobody speaks Latin anymore, and what have I gotten her into? So she still has to take Latin, but I study it as well with her. And uh, she's learning Japanese on the sly, though, which I discovered the other day. I said, huh, okay. That's that's her sneaky rebellion. Yeah, that's her sneaky rebellion is she's learning Japanese. (laughs) How how proficient are you in Latin? Semi-proficient in reading it Mm -hmm. and probably not at all proficient in speaking it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But you could read a book in Latin? I could read certain books in Latin, like don't give me a Cicero or anything like that, but... (laughs) But what's fun about Latin is they translate a lot of uh, things into Latin just uh-huh. for fun. Okay. And so, like, fairy tales, those I can read. As long as it's in simple, the, you know, the verbs are kind of simple. They're not in something very wild. No, I don't know. But thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends. If it's simplified Latin, it's it's easier. So yeah. it's It's fun, and it's in everything. I mean, Latin's in so much of how we speak English today and even our own grammar rules that 
if you're a grammar nerd like I am, you will love it. <laughs> yeah. And if not, you probably think I'm insane. So, yeah. fun, fun fact about Justine, you, you read grammar books. I do. <laughs> I do grammar books. I do grammar and punctuation books and word books. So, I love them all. Okay, question I, I don't know if there will be an answer to, but I'll ask it anyways. Your knowledge uh, of, of Latin, how does that inform religious reading or devotional classics or understanding uh, theological ideas? I I, I haven't really dug into the more in-depth things. I I do know that um, when the Christian church pretty much adopted Latin as their lingua franca across the greater Christendom, Mm -hmm. that the Latin spoken and written in ecclesiastic Latin Mm -hmm is less complex than classical Latin. Okay. So they do suggest that people who are learning Latin read the church fathers and read um, works like that to sort of ease you in before you, <laughs> before you study classical Latin and, and where it gets much more grammatically complex. So I wouldn't say that I've read uh, anything theological in Latin. I struggle enough with understanding it in English, so... <laughs> But, you know, I did find a really interesting book. It was C.S. Lewis's Letters in Latin. Really? Yes. And in the 40s or 50s, there was a priest in Italy who really wanted to talk about theology with C.S. Lewis, uh-huh. but figured C.S. Lewis wouldn't write Italian. So he wrote to him in what was the universal language of educated people and wrote to him in Latin. Yeah. And C.S. Lewis wrote back in Latin. And so they had this long, years-long correspondence in Latin. Wow. Somebody gathered them into books, and that's fun. You're a bit of a Chesterton scholar. Is that is that accurate? I'm definitely a fan. I love his work. Um, I love the exuberance of it. He has this like wonderfully cheerful, giving, encompassing spirit that mm. just sort of fills everything he writes. He's just not a stinter. He doesn't stint. He doesn't stint in words or ideas or warmth or love or wonder. Mm. And so that's what I love about him. I certainly have read much, much of G.K. Chesterton. Uh-huh. Gosh, you know, I know I haven't read all, but I certainly enjoy him very much. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I have some friends who are big Chesterton fanatics. And- yes. Well, he's outrageously funny too, which always helps. Yeah. 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 I, I heard once and help me if this, that he believed in fairies. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he said something <laughs> like that. He, you know what my favorite thing about Chesterton is, is that he never lost that wonder of uh-huh. um, just seeing the world through new eyes. And he had this whole idea with children that the universe is put on trial again with every new child that comes into it. You know, mm. the child is viewing this world and is putting it on trial in its mind and working through these aspects of it. And um, just that sense that I think it's called incarnational, just that God, you know, his spirit is so soaked in this world. And just being mm. open to that just makes you filled with wonder mm. of it. And uh, I know he definitely loved fairy tales, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he believed that they were more real than a lot of the, you know, ponderous mm-hmm. political nonfiction that I'm sure was always surrounding him in that era, the early 20th century. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, lo- I love that. The fairy tales are more real. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's truth in, in, in some of these stories. Indeed, yeah. I mean, he said it's the dragon's grandmother is one of his like essays that's collected in a, a book. I think it's What's Wrong with the World, <laughs> which okay. is very Chesterton title. And uh, just basically about how he was reading fairy tales and he came across this story called The Dragon's Grandmother. And he's like, of course, if there is a dragon, he must have had a grandmother. <laughs> such a neat idea, you know, sort of being rooted in, yes, you know, if this is true, then this is true also. Uh, a, child, a childlike mind. Yes, childlike, but very profound in that way that children can be profound a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Justine, I cannot tell you how thankful I am that you agreed to record this with me. Oh, goodness. I hope you get something you can use from it. <laughs> oh, I can use a lot of it. And so, I mean, just to maybe wrap things up, if, if sure. people have questions about Renovari or yes. um, things they're reading like to talk about or things that we're doing that they'd like to learn more about, they're welcome to call you. You bet. Call me. 303-745-1223. I'd love to talk with you. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justine. Bet. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> 